Welcome to Crosswords, the podcast about practical Christianity. What does it look like to walk in Jesus' footsteps? How do I live in a culture hostile to godliness? These are questions that we'll answer on each podcast as we get our heart and mind on Jesus. All scriptures quoted are from the New International Version. You can follow me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing. Pandemic, social distancing, quarantine, face masks, all seem to be new words for this current age, and who knows, words that we'll be using much more frequently from now on. But are these words or concepts really new? Is the practice of social distancing something we are just hearing about now? It's interesting that in light of medical and pharmaceutical advances, we're resorting to practices taken from the pages of the Bible, written more than 4,000 years ago, before any other culture or peoples observed sanitary practices such as these. Israel was given the in on these things by God himself, proving once again that the Bible comes from God and not from the human mind. When God liberated the Israelites from slavery, he promised that if they obeyed him, he would protect them from all the horrible diseases of the Egyptians who used animal dung, insect guts, and other kinds of stuff as medicine, according to Exodus 15, 26. So instead of telling the people that he would place them in a germ and virus-proof bubble, God gave them laws of cleanliness. And if they obeyed his laws, they would have none of these diseases. After they crossed the Red Sea and Moses sang his song to the Lord, they went into the desert of Shur and traveled for three days without finding water. They came upon some water and couldn't drink it because it was bitter. And the people started to grumble three days of not drinking water. That's about the human limit. So Moses cries out to the Lord for help, and the Lord shows him a piece of wood to throw into the water, and the water is made better. We pick up the story here in Exodus 15, 25, where he says, There the Lord issued a ruling, an instruction for them, and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all of his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So at this point, the verse says that God issues a ruling and instruction to put them to the test. God's ruling and instruction carried weight because he says, I am the Lord who heals you. To enforce sanitary practices among people who knew nothing about germs and viruses, God declared that specific actions would make an Israelite, a Jew, clean or unclean. Unclean didn't mean they had sinned. It was not a spiritual fault. It was an uncleanness that required physical cleansing before the person could go back into the tabernacle or associate with others in the camp. And at the same time, it offered health benefits 
that they had no way of understanding. So I'm going to list some of these things right now. Number one, keeping away from vectors of pathogens. In Leviticus chapter 11, we see the distinguishing between clean and unclean animals for the purpose of using them for food. And you will notice on this list, there are animals mentioned that even today we know are possible vectors of deadly viruses that have caused epidemics and pandemics. So the Israelites were to stay away from these animals, not even touch their dead bodies. If they touched them, and they were, then they were to remain unclean until the evening, forced at that point to practice some social distancing or a mini quarantine. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 13 and 14 says the following, any Israelite or foreigner residing among you who hunts any bird or animal that may be eaten must drain out the blood and cover it with earth because the life of the creature is in its blood. That's why I have said to the Israelites, you must not eat the blood of any creature. Anyone who does must be cut off from the people. From Leviticus 22, 21 and 22, we read, when anyone brings from the herd or flock a fellowship offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow, or as a free will offering, it must be without defect or blemish to be acceptable. Don't offer to the Lord the blind, the injured, or the maimed animal, or anything with warts or festering or running sores. Do not place any of these on the altar as a food offering. This is said because certain parts of the fellowship and the free will offering were to be consumed by the people. So these rules that God is giving the Israelites are to keep them away from possible vectors of pathogens. All these regulations would protect the people from viruses or other diseases that could jump from animals to humans. Furthermore, to protect the people from possible infections or other things. In Leviticus 19, verse 28 and following, we read how the Lord tells them, don't cut your bodies, because some societies cut their bodies as, as a certain sign or symbol. He also says, don't put tattoo marks on yourselves. And we know that even nowadays, sometimes tattoo parlors or certain cuts can spread uh, many other viral or bacterial infections. In Leviticus 18.22, it speaks about sexual relationships and how God regulated those. He will say, don't have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. It's detestable. He also says, don't have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. He says in verse 24, don't defile yourself in any of these ways because this is how the nations that I'm going to drive out before you became defiled. These were things other people practiced and therefore defiled themselves in the flesh, meaning they became unclean. They became carriers of diseases and pathogens that would kill other people. So he says in verse 27, all these things were done by people who lived in the land before you, and the land became defiled. And if you defile the land, it will vomit you out as it vomited out the nations that were before you. Even the land around us can get affected by, this, by these diseases. 
and vomit us out. We don't know exactly what that means, but perhaps it means that we couldn't even live there uh, because uh, people got infected or things became out of control. So many viral and sexually transmitted diseases were avoided by these laws that God asked them to practice. Not to mention the defiling of their own conscience and soul. Nowadays, the New Testament teaches that we need to honor marriage and keep our marriage bed holy. So if we follow the laws of God, we avoid these detestable practices that spread viruses, infections, and other pathogens amongst people. Next, we have the washing of vessels. Uh, the Israelites were the first cultures of people that became somewhat obsessed in the washing of things, and for a very important reason. I mean, they probably did it because God told them to do it. They had no understanding of perhaps why the reason uh, they were doing it, the scientific reason, but we know today. For example, in Leviticus 6.28, the Israelites are told, the clay pot the meat is cooked in must be broken. But if it is cooked in a bronze pot, the pot is to be scoured and rinsed with water basic cleaning practices to avoid contamination. They were also asked to throw away perishable foods uh, that perhaps other cultures and societies didn't do at the time. Leviticus 7, 17 and 18, they were told any meat of the sacrifice left over till the third day must be burned up. Uh, they also practiced the quarantine of people exposed to pathogens. In Leviticus 7, 21, we're told, if anyone touches something unclean, whether it's human uncleanness or an unclean animal or an unclean creature, and then eats of the meat of the fellowship offering, they must be cut off from their people. In Leviticus 7.23, we read, don't eat any of the fat of the cattle or sheep or goats. The fat of an animal found dead or torn by wild animals may be used for other purposes, but you must not eat it. Anyone who eats from the fat must be cut off from the people. Also in verse 26, you must not eat the blood uh, of any bird or animal. If you do, you must be cut off from the people. That's an expression that we find in many of these verses. And it, the meaning of it, it's uncertain, but it could be referring to a severe quarantine. You need to be cut off. You know? Or it could be a disfellowship, whether it's a physical one, we can't see you anymore, or a spiritual one or some other punishment. It could have been a punishment imposed by God himself, such as a disease uh, given to the person, or even death. That's another way God would cut them off from the people. In Leviticus 13, we read all about a prevalent disease, an infectious disease at the time, known as leprosy. And social distancing, the concept of social distancing, is seen here in the very pages of the Bible. Leprosy was a devastating and a crippling disease, prevalent in those days where they didn't know about antibiotics or understood about pathogens. And the priest was like a doctor. He would examine any kind of rash or blisters or skin issues to determine whether or not it was this deadly leprosy. A seven-day quarantine was imposed on any suspicious skin issue. If the issue was not resolved, another seven days was given. If a person was deemed to have leprosy or any other defiling disease, they were to wear torn clothes 
and cover the lower part of their face, kind of like a mask, and cry out, unclean, unclean, practicing social distancing, you know, separate yourself from me. And they were also to live outside the camp. This chapter also talks about what to do with the clothing of such a person who had an infectious disease. Very meticulous, very detailed of what to do. Things that we know scientifically would be very wise to do. But how did these people have this knowledge? Was Moses all of a sudden an expert in uh, pathogens and viruses and all these things? Of course not. This is yet again proof that the Bible came from God. It could not have come from the mind of man, for no other culture was practicing these things. Next in Leviticus 12, we read about personal cleanliness. God even tells them what to do with their own bodies. Levit Leviticus 12 is all about purification, which means the washing and cleanliness after childbirth and also after menstrual bleeding for the women. Leviticus 14, verse 6 through 7 says, he, the priest, is then to take a live bird, dip it together with cedar wood, the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop into the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And seven times he shall sprinkle the one to be cleansed of the defiling disease and pronounce them clean. Cedar wood, mentioned here, is known to be a great essential oil, curative for many skin issues. Hyssop is also a well-known antiseptic essential oil, also great for respiratory issues. In Leviticus 14, verse 8 and following, it says the person to be cleansed must wash their clothes, shave off, off all their hair, bathe with water, and they will be ceremonially clean. After this, they can come into the camp, but they must stay outside their tent for seven days. Uh, Leviticus 14, verse 33 through following is all about making sure your dwelling was clean, your house clean and mold-free. God was very preoccupied by making sure they could identify funguses and molds and how to deal with them. Leviticus chapter 15 is all about bodily discharges and what to do. It also had regulations pertaining to the discharges of semen from men, what to do after having sexual relationships. The chapter emphasizes the importance of washing the body, cleaning any surfaces even, where people with discharges or emissions may have sat or may have touched. Very interesting. God knew that these things would spread around. We talk about today, oh, uh, the virus, it lives on a porous surface for this amount of time and a non-porous surface for this amount of time. We know these things. They didn't know that back then, but God in his providence, shared with them this wisdom to make them aware of these things. It kind of also lets you know that all the wisdom that scientists have, it comes from God too, the discoveries supposedly that they make. It's not a discovery. It's an uncovering. God just simply, you know, took the blinders off, helped them understand something so that we could deal with things such like cancers and other diseases that we've dealt with and have been able to uh, conquer, some of them, not all of them, thanks to the wisdom God has given to men, not because man is wise. No, sorry. <laughs> also, we come here to the last point I wanted to make and how God also 
issues, issued them protection against genetic defects. How did he do this? Leviticus 18.6. Uh, that chapter is all about sexual relations with close relatives. He says no one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. So basically to summarize the spirit of all these laws, cleanliness laws that God gave them, I'm going to read from Leviticus 20, verse 22 through 26, which says, keep all my decrees and laws and follow them so that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. You must not live according to the customs of the nations I'm going to drive out before you because they did all these things and I abhorred them. And I said to you, you will possess their land. I will give it to you as an inheritance, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from the nations. You must therefore make a distinction between clean and unclean animals, between unclean and clean birds. Don't defile yourselves by any animal or bird or anything that moves along the ground. Those that I have set apart as unclean for you, you are to be holy to me because I am the Lord. I am holy and have set you apart from the nations to be my own. That last line there, that last verse, verse 26, that's the key verse to not only understand why God gave them these things back then, but even for us to understand why God sets us apart from the world. Many laws and regulations had to do in the Old Testament with physical uncleanliness and how to stay pure and clean in the physical realm. And there were many others concerning the moral and the spiritual purity of God's people as well. In this short study, I've only focused on the physical ones that our society thinks are the most important, to stay healthy, to not get any kind of pathogens. But our society often and usually neglects the more important ones, the moral and the spiritual aspects that also define mankind. We're not just physical creatures. We're spirits. We're spiritual, just having a material, temporary existence. Our physical existence is limited because of sin. But God prepares himself, as we read in the New Testament, a people who want to be distinct from the world morally and spiritually. Why? Because we are inheriting an eternal kingdom of heaven. Whether the COVID-19 virus was created in a laboratory, as some conspiracy advocates claim, or whether it came from animals in a Chinese wet market, the points are all the same. Scientists now know that viruses can cross from animals to humans. They've known it for some time. God ordained rituals for the Israelites to protect them from those diseases that man has only begun to understand 4,000 years later. As the preacher Solomon in Ecclesiastes wrote, Ecclesiastes 8.17, I saw all that God had done. No one can comprehend what goes under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they can't really comprehend it. This statement is certainly true. Of the COVID-19 virus or any other plague that has come upon humans, top scientists so desperately trying to figure out how to get ahead of it, how to contain it, how to heal us from it. The Israelites didn't understand even the most basic 
science behind God's cleanliness laws, but they trusted God. They obeyed him and they lived virus-free as long as they observed these laws. What is my plan for COVID-19? Well, I'm going to keep practicing social distancing. It's something wise to practice even if COVID-19 disappears because we have the flu and we may have other pandemics and we have other bacterial and viral diseases coming in and coming out of our atmosphere. I'm also washing my hands. You know, we've developed a habit, my wife and I, since our children were born, of washing our hands after being in a public place. At home, now we use liberally our inexpensive homemade hand sanitizer made with ethyl alcohol and essential oils. I diffuse essential oils. I have three different diffusers at home. I use them with a variety of essential oils. Most essential oils have antiseptic properties as well as healing properties. COVID-19 is a worldwide problem, a pandemic. We can't control that. That's in God's hands. And we can't control what other people do, but I can control what I do. I can trust God. I can follow the uh, common sense explained here in some of these laws that I've given you, laws of cleanliness to the best of our ability. Cleanliness is really next to godliness, health protects us from any present and future pandemics. But most importantly, people, we need to set apart ourselves as spiritually and morally pure people because the hope of eternal life, our hope is not here in this world, is in the kingdom of God, is in what is to come. And those are the very important laws to follow. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again of water and the Spirit in order to see the kingdom of God. God bless you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope the Lord gave you insight into conforming to Jesus with today's message. I always appreciate feedback. You can send me your thoughts, musings, and comments directly through the Anchor app. You can also contact me on Twitter at kingdom underscore saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing.